listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer in Civilization and Swift Current. Craig Boschman in the hub in Regina. This is day number three in the hub for you, are you? Are you doing the thing like you often see in movies when someone's like incarcerated and they got like little notches on the wall for how many days they've been there? Uh, I think I can handle a little more than three days. Uh, I'd, I'd be worried for my own sanity if, if three days is all it took to, to drive me nuts. But uh, it does feel a little weird. I mean, we got a little window here, so I got some fresh air coming in. But, um, you know, just not being able to, to do much for the first week is, is a little strange. But, uh, hey, that's, that's what we got to do. And uh, everybody's willing to do it. So where you are and how it's set up are you uh, are you interacting with the the players and the team that much well i'm down in the corner that i think most of the veteran players are in so like they're the way that our room rooms are set up it's kind of like a three rooms in a corner type of thing so i've got the one room and directly across from me is aiden bullich and then there's you know a couple of the veteran guys isaac polter michael fair and kate augustine down in the other corner type of thing so uh really the only time you see them is if you're out in the hall going to the washroom or grabbing your, your meal that's dropped off in front of your door at the same time they are. So uh, other than that, everyone's, uh, you know, staying in the rooms and uh, trying to keep themselves entertained with uh, team workouts on Zooms or you know, hooking up their PlayStations and Xboxes, but, uh, you know, working their way through it. And like I said, day three already. So hopefully just a few more and then guys can jump back on the ice. Nice. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. You, uh, you mentioned Michael Farron a moment ago. He's our feature guest on this week's Broncos this week podcast recently claimed off waivers from the Kelowna Rockets and one of the newest members of the Bronco family. Looking forward to getting to meet him. Uh, we also have Scott Dutart who, wh- what's his unofficial title there? The, the team COVID police. Yeah. Deputy Dutart? Kinda, yeah. He was kind of handed that uh, COVID police title uh, for the, for the hub here and, uh, you know, splitting up the duties, of course, amongst the three coaches, you got uh, Brandon Cote, who's trying to uh, handle the meal situation here. Obviously, it's a very uh, you know fast moving and changing situation with uh, with the first week. Everybody's in quarantine and the second week, uh, you know, things change a bit with guys being able to go to the rink. And I think the plan is to kind of have uh, meals set up in a, in a room on a different floor that guys can go and grab food. I don't know if it's like three at a time or whatever it might be, but. Um, you know, Brandon Cote is taking care of that. And of course, uh, Andrew Kudnikov and, and uh, Dean Brockman handling of things as well. So a lot of moving parts in here and it, uh, it takes a whole squad to, to make sure everything's going smoothly. So they're uh, doing a pretty good job so far. What an adventure that's going to be for all involved. And we'll certainly talk about it in the weeks to come on Broncos this week. Uh, last week, we uh, broke down, well, I asked questions. You broke down the, the new faces on the Swift Current Bronco roster in terms of players that are new to the league. Now we're going to break down the uh, the veterans, the newly acquired veterans, who fans in Swift Current haven't had a chance to see in a Bronco uniform as of yet. And uh, he's a guy that we're going to be talking to shortly on Broncos this week, but we'll start with uh, the newly acquired Michael Farron. He's a guy that you saw once last year with the uh, Kelowna Rockets. What, what do we know about what this overage player brings to the table? Yeah, he's just a, a major veteran in the Western Hockey League, right? I mean, he was uh, an undrafted uh, player coming out of his U15 program and and then kind of lit the the U18 level on fire as a 15-year-old. And, and the Saskatoon Blades took quick notice of that and listed him early in that season. And then I, I just went over the the press release that they sent out when they signed him. And, uh, you know, the quote from from their general manager, Colin Priestner, said that he was doing things on the ice that we weren't expecting him to do as a 16 year old. So he kind of made a heck of an impression early on uh, in the Western hockey league. And 
they rewarded him with a standard player contract and, and the head coach of that Saskatoon Blades team was Dean Brockman for his first two years uh, in the league. So uh, he's a guy that Dean knows very well and, and he and Dean have a, you know, a, a strong bond in, in that sense, just being the guy who kind of helped him along his first two years in the league. So, um, and, you know, maybe conveniently enough, he had his two best seasons statistically in the Western Hockey League while playing under Dean Brockman. So uh, certainly a, a good relationship between those two. And then, you know, that uh, that probably will continue on here in this final uh, season for Michael. And I think the Broncos are hoping that he can obviously provide some offense, much like their 20-year-olds last year in uh, Jackson Koleski and Hayden Oster up front were able to do in DJ Jerome. So uh, they want that sort of offense from him, but also to kind of lay the foundation for all the young guys who are coming in this year. I mean, you got 12 rookies on this Broncos team right now in the hub with uh, with the team. So a lot of new faces in the league who are going to learn quick uh, how, how tough it is and how much hard work goes into playing in this league and staying in this league. And a guy like Michael Farron, who's played 224 regular season games, is uh, you know a prime candidate to, to help those guys out. Moving on, we got uh, on the blue line, Cade Augustine, uh, recently acquired from the Moose Jaw Warriors. What do we know about uh, Augustine? Yeah, he's big body, uh, you know, 6'2", 225. I think uh, Broncos maybe hoping he can provide a little bit of physicality on the back end there. Uh, you know, if you if you go to the Broncos website and check out uh, the team roster, you can see everybody who's, who's on the roster for this season. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, guys who... Our, our rookies, like we said, we have uh, there's a lot of young guys on this team, and, and on the back end is no different. So, uh, some guys who are you know probably going to fill out as their Western League careers go along. But um, you know, for a guy like Augustine, who's played uh, you know coming up on 100 games uh, in the WHL so far, and a bit of a veteran on the back end who I think can play. You know, he, he probably the team's coaching staff is hoping he can kind of play in all situations. You know, maybe help out on offense every once in a while. Uh, did score a goal against the Broncos last season. Remember that one uh, clear as day and. Um, you know, a guy who's, uh, like I said, I think the physicality aspect of his game is, is what I'm assuming the coaching staff really wants him to do and, and kind of just uh, shut things down as best he can, uh, maybe on the PK as well. I really enjoyed conversing with uh, this young man last week. He was our feature guest on the podcast, uh, Owen Williams, 20-year-old D-man, uh, set to suit up for Swift in the hub. Uh, you know, talk about what, uh, what kind of a player he is. Yeah, I think I think big time leadership is what the Broncos coaching staff wants from him, and uh, you know you heard it from his from himself uh, last week. Uh, you know he he wants to be a, a role model for this team, and uh, for a lot of these young guys who uh, are adjusting to the Western Hockey League, uh, he wants to play pro hockey. So he's going to use uh, this twenty four game situation to his his advantage to help himself get better and then try and carve out a professional career for himself. So. Uh, you know, I can certainly see him being a guy who's playing, you know, 20 plus minutes every single game, all situations, power play, penalty kill, up by a goal, defending a lead, all these sorts of things. So um, I think he's a guy who's going to be heavily relied upon in, in just about every single aspect of, uh, of being a Western Hockey League defenseman uh, for this coaching staff. Right on. On next week's Broncos This Week podcast, we'll talk about the returning players for the Swift Current Broncos and go up and down the roster and uh, and talk about uh players that fans will be familiar with and expectations in this 24 game hub. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to chat with assistant coach Scott Dutart. That's coming up shortly. And then our feature guest will be uh, the newly acquired Michael Farron. This is the Broncos this week podcast brought to you by original 16. You're listening to Broncos this week presented by original 16, the official beer of the Swift current Broncos. Broncos This Week Coaches Show. Assistant Coach Scott Dutart joining us now from the hub in Regina. How's how's hub life so far, Scotty? Well, we're we're about three days in, and and everything's been good so far. We uh, everybody got settled in on the first night, and and 
again, everybody's locked into their room right now. So the only person that gets out is me usually because I'm taking temperatures daily. But other than that, everybody else is kind of locked in their rooms for the time being. And it's it's sort of a, a team effort. I know you've kind of been given the, the, the title of as COVID police for the, the Swift Current Broncos, but it really is a whole team effort of, of making sure that everyone's following the rules the same way. Absolutely. The kid, the kids have been really good. Like they, they're like, we're following all the protocols properly. And, and again, everybody, well, again, they're in the room. So the only time I've seen them, they had to wear their masks and everything. Um, Brandon's been in charge of, of the meals. I look after the dorms and then Dean just kind of oversees everything here. And so, yeah, Brandon's making sure everybody's getting fed and I'm making sure they, a couple guys lock themselves out of their room using the locker room. So, that's about the extent of my work so far. Yeah. So when, when things get rolling, you know, what, what does a day in the life of uh, assistant coach slash COVID police look like? Oh, well, I, I, every morning I have to go around, just take everybody's temperature and then, uh, and report that in anything high is, uh, well, we haven't had anything high yet. So it, if they're in knock on wood, we're good. But again, it's just monitoring that stuff. And then, uh, yeah going to the rink. It's a, it's a typical day there, but again, for us, we just wear, we're just wearing a mask basically. And how much are you looking forward to those typical days, quote unquote, after, you know, it's been almost a full calendar year since last season was shut down. So, I mean, just getting back into that somewhat normal routine of practices, workouts and games, it's going to feel so different from what, uh, what things have been like lately. Yeah. And you know what, the, the one thing about it is we're not going on the road anywhere. Like we're here. This is our home base. We're not traveling on a bus. So it's actually not too bad. Um, I think we're excited as a staff to get back to work. I know the kids definitely are. And I, I'm really surprised at how, I guess, grateful the kids are to be back at it. And, and, and I think they're like, we've had some really productive meetings talking about how, and, and they've said it, how grateful they are to be back at, at playing. And again, take advantage of the opportunity. It is an opportunity. And there's not many kids allowed to play hockey right now. So again, they're, they're feeling grateful for everything they get. You know, it's i I'll ask you for a broad stroke answer here, but I imagine every case is a little bit different, but in general, you know, how, how did the kids manage through COVID-19 and, you know, having, having something that they love that, that they've just been unable to do, like how, how have the last, you know, how's the last year been on, on the team? I, I think for, for the most part, you have to, it's it's just the weight, right? And and you're you're constantly like when you're when you're a player, you're always training in phases. And there's your off season, there's your getting prepared and your preparatory phases. That that was the thing I think that probably threw things in limbo the most for the kids and and wondering when we're getting going. And and again, same thing for the coaches. You just have to sometimes turn away from the news and find some positive stuff to to think about and and just keep working away. Speaking of positive things, I think this is sort of the, the year that, uh, you know, the coaching staff has been looking forward to really sort of seeing the, the turnaround in the Swift Current Broncos on the ice with all the young talent that's coming in. So you see how many young guys are on the roster right now and in the hub with the team at this moment. Uh, it sort of is sort of an exciting time, I think, to see, see all these guys on the ice together and get them into game action. Absolutely. Like we, we had some we had a taste of it last year in preseason when we got to see some of our, our younger players playing. They, they did really well in the league. Um, Again, there, there's still going to be a learning curve here because we're coming in and, and, and for them, they'll probably come out of the gate pretty hot. Again, for restriction-wise, the younger players were allowed to still skate where the older players weren't. 
So you'll see a lot in the whole league, the younger kids will be flying around out there, but I, and as the league catches up and I'm not saying that it's going to go south for them, but everybody else will catch up and then, then there'll be a bit of a learning curve again, but I I'm excited to see them coming out of the gate. Yeah. And we got lots of hockey stuff to, to talk about. I'm, I'm just fascinated by this hub thing. Uh, you, you two are in there right now. I, I don't know if you're next door to each other or what the setup is. I'm, I'm back in Swift enjoying a beautiful sunshiny day where I just came in from a long walk at, you know, how, how's life going to be for you guys over the, the next two months? Like we're, we're recording this over zoom. It, it doesn't look like you're in a particularly large room there, Scotty, you know, like how's it been and how do you think it's going to go? Well, I, I think once, like uh, like Craig alluded to, once we get going here, I think everything's going to be smooth sailing. These first few days, it's you find different ways to work out. You find different, uh, like for us, we always have work. There's there's video work and and getting stuff prepared, and then and then just the the daily tasks like the reporting and 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 like branding, making sure everything everybody's getting fed properly that there's, there's those day-to-day things that we can, that we can keep doing now to keep, keep occupied. Once we get into it, it'll be nice because then you get more of a routine and you know, you're going to the rink every day and, and, and then you can start getting prepared for the next team you're playing. So I, I think it's just surviving this first, these first few days in here. And again, we're almost through now. So, or we're over the hump anyway. So we got a couple more days here and then uh, hopefully we can get to the rink and start skating. You talked about the guys being grateful for given the opportunity to be in here and play some games. And I think that's, do you think that's kind of something that you're going to have to harp on over the course of these two months to make sure that these guys really take advantage of this situation, just knowing how many other young hockey players would, would kill to be in here instead of one of them. Well, that that's been the topic of conversation with these young, with these players already with all the different zoom meetings that we've had over the last few days. That's, that's been one of the, the bigger topics. And one of the things that, that our older players have brought up too, which is really good. Like uh, we have with uh, Williams and, and Farron and, and Bullich, like those three guys, they only have 24 games. They don't have a full season left in the, in the rest of their, in the Western hockey league. And so for them, they're, they're talking about how fast everything goes. And, and again, for everybody, it's going to be a shortened season, but this is an opportunity. You have 24 games to try and showcase yourself and, 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 again, hopefully showcase our organization, what we, what, what we're planning on and what, what the rebuild is, is shaping up to be. In the Western hockey league season in a normal year, typically the kids are on the ice, you know, six, seven days a week for the most part. Uh, is it going to be a similar schedule in this hub? Like I know they're, they're cramming a lot of games into that two month period, but is there going to be plenty of uh, practice ice available for the kids too? We we're restricted like we have a certain time you got to be in and you have to be out. Now we have the same amount of time every time for practice. So it's, it's good because as, as a coach, anyways, you have to be organized and you have to have everything planned out. So, so we we're in constant communication. We're, we're zoom meetings all the time here just to try and try and keep things organized and, and try and get things ready to go. And, and so for us, we're, we've broken it down. We're, we're prepared to go and we're just giving them nuggets. We don't want to inundate them with too much information off the bat, but we're, we're working on some, some teaching outcomes, talking about systems, those type of things do it. And then our older players are doing some team building stuff with, with each other as well. And when I'm going to take temperatures, it's kind of refreshing because when I do walk around, I know everybody's isolating their rooms, but they're all sitting there on these group chats all together as a group. And I think that's so important 
you, you have to try and find a way to build some chemistry and, and our, our players are doing a good job of that. In a normal season, you probably have 23, maybe 24 players on your roster, but here in the hub, the Broncos are carrying 26 for this situation. And uh, is it kind of a balancing act of making sure everybody's getting into games or is it kind of seeing how guys are, uh, you know, maybe uh, gelling together in practice and things like that for who's going to play on a certain night? Well, I think for younger players, you have to manage their minutes sometimes and, and give everybody an opportunity here. I think when you're when you're in in a situation like this, I think it's important that that we have rest and and that there's going to be there probably are going to be some injuries at some point. At the same time, it creates a really good culture of compete within our group too. That practices can't be light because if you if you're having a couple off days, it might not mean or it might mean you're not in the lineup. I'm, just, I'm still just fascinated by this hub thing. Is there, a, like in the, the setup that you're in, is there much interaction with the other teams, the other six teams that are a part of this? Or do you kind of have the, the building you're into yourself? Well, we're, we're in the Luther College uh, in, the, in the tower here. And so it's only the Regina Pats and us in here. And we have to stay completely separated from, the, from them. They're on a whole different floor. And we have the luxury Luther college has been fantastic with us. Um, we have our own, we have our own floor. We, everything is secured and, and fob. So we're the only people allowed in this area besides food services and cleaning. And so every, every team is isolated because again, God forbid you have somebody with a, with a positive test on a different team. You don't want them anywhere near your group. And that's kind of, you know, it can be a bit of a tough thing because we know how small the hockey world is and how, how many of friends that these players on the Broncos have on other teams. And, you know, such a unique situation for all these guys and some of their friends to be together in this hub, but they really can't see each other except it's in games. So that's another point you really have to harp on these guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the one, the, it is, it is a downfall that they don't get to see each other, but at the same time with technology now we're, we're zooming right now, right? We, we can, we can see each other. We can talk. So again, it's not face to face, but it's close. You know, uh, I'll ask a hockey related question now. You, we touched on it a little bit off the hop about, you know, finally starting to see some of those young players get into the lineup. And, you know, Craig and I on our last uh, Broncos This Week podcast, we, we talked at length about the, the rookies that are going to be seeing their first full time action in the Western League. You know, as a coach, you, you touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, what's it like to, to be working with? What's it like now that the future has become the present, I guess? Uh, it's exciting. Uh, to be honest with you, like last year at training camp, when we, when we had some of these kids here, it was, you, you could see what was going on. All of a sudden they're, they're a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. And, and so it, it's exciting to get them actually into some, getting some more reps, right? We had a few of our young players play last year, but now we have a lot of young guys coming in and, and it's just exciting to see how for, for them, this 24 game season, again, it's not us playing a full year, but at the same time, it's going to, uh, it's going to immerse them in the Western hockey league and, and, and get them in there and give them again, like I said before, meaningful minutes that they're going to get a taste of this. So when they come in next season, they're ready to go. I think this is an exciting time to be a Broncos fan, Scotty, just with the first wave of the, the new age of Stuttgart and Broncos coming out with that 2019 draft class and following year is going to be the 2020 class and so on and so forth. So, you know, this is a, an exciting time to be a fan, just knowing that all these, uh, these new and exciting prospects are coming in. Absolutely. Like we have some, we have some really good kids here. And again, we've already seen a couple of them that are going to, that have played for us throughout the last season that bring a lot of energy and, 
again, it should be, be exciting hockey when we do actually get back home to play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've hyped the young kids a lot and the, they'll certainly live up to the height. I have no doubt about that, but uh, you know, some of the returning guys, uh, there was a promising crop of O2s that, you know, at times really, really showed what they could be. And I imagine that that's uh, another group that is a coaching staff you're excited to work with. eh? Oh yeah. Like again, I, I, I can't, I try to express this properly, how, how positive that our, our group has been here so far. It's, Again, not that not the past years was was negative, but this this year it's already it's refreshing to hear these kids uh, the the chemistry they're already they're putting together their own team events here while it, while it's going on in the evenings and stuff virtually they're all getting to know each other. The veterans have been really all the veteran players have been really good with with talking to the younger kids and keeping the open lines of communication there. And there's a bit of mentorship going on here, and and so for all of our returning players here, I, I think they have a little bit to prove as well. So they're, they're excited to get back and get working. With the leadership and mentorship, do you think there's maybe a little more importance on that in a, in a situation like this, where uh, you really want to keep the morale as high as you can uh, within the entire group? Oh, I think so. The, the biggest thing is staying positive. And for us, like just getting back to play is already the, the biggest positive, getting an opportunity to, to go out and, and get some games. in. so I, I think that is, for us, we want to keep things simple. We want to we want to play fast, and we want to again maintain a positive learning environment for our younger players, and and again, hopefully, carry that forward moving forward. You know, it's been so long since we've seen a, a game of any sort with this organization. You know, it's a, and you touched on it. You know, playing fast. What do you think the identity of the Swift Current Broncos is going to look like this year? Big team, physical team, speed, skill. Uh, what's the foundation of this organization? Well, again, like I said, we're, we're still in a bit of a learning curve here. Like we're going to be, we're going to be young, but one of the things that we've been really pressing is we want to play with pace this year. And, and I think it's really important that, that we keep things simple, then we can play the game faster and, and just being relentless in, a, in the way we play and w- with and without the puck. I think there has to be urgency in going North and, and going South though. And going South is going to be critical for us. We just actually had a meeting today about, about uh, our playing on the other side of the puck and playing defensively. So, um, and again, I think, I think it's, we have some really good buy-in from our veteran players and that's going to help solidify things with our younger players and build a foundation moving forward. Scott Dutart from the hub in Regina, Swift Current Broncos assistant coach and uh, also been given the title of COVID police. Scott, there's different media outlets reporting uh, the, the, the food there. What, what, what's your experience with uh, the culinary offerings of the hub so far? Ours, ours honestly has been pretty good. They're, the first, uh, first couple days there, it was just getting you, we have, you have your different food allergies and things. So a couple just, wrong door deliveries. But other than that, it's, it's been really good here. The people at Luther college have been doing a tremendous job working with us and and we're happy with everything. All right. Happy to hear it. Scott Dutart, Broncos assistant coach and COVID police. We greatly appreciate you taking some time to chat with us, Scotty. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks guys. You're listening to Broncos this week presented by original 16, the official beer of the Swift current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, uh, sitting down via Zoom with our feature guest, one of the newest members of the Swift Current Bronco family, and uh, Michael Farron. Michael, uh, interesting start to your 20-year-old campaign, to say the least. Amen? Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a little bit different, but it seems kind of fun here 
get a little live a little bit of a college life now too so it's a little different must be just kind of relief in general obviously there was a bit of a or i should say a lot of uncertainty with what was going on so there was no guarantee that you were even going to get a 20 year old season to begin with so uh, i would imagine there was a lot of relief on your part when uh, this whole this whole hub thing was announced yeah you know it was a long off season so it was kind of nice especially being 20 years old right you, you know you want to play your last your last year in the league so it's nice that we kind of found a way to get it going yeah I, I can't imagine the stress that you know a 20 year old in in the western league or any league for that matter would have felt over the last year just with the uncertainty behind everything you know what what was it like in those times where where maybe you weren't sure if there was going to be a season or not yeah it's you know what? It was it was hard to be honest. Like COVID kind of hit uh, my family pretty hard. It was uh, it was a tough time, but I mean, it is what it is, I guess. And uh, it was it was stressful. I mean, not not many guys kind of really thought that we were going to go back there for a bit, and it kind of being your last year, right? You time flies by, and uh, it's kind of nice that we're just getting the season going. Obviously, you were training uh, regularly, I'm sure, and skating as much as you could. But uh, what other sorts of things were you doing during that uh, very long offseason to keep yourself entertained? Uh, I was working on cars. I uh, I bought a couple. I bought an old car, and me and my dad and my brother were fixing it up, kind of getting it going. So that was fun, and I love golfing too. So I did quite a bit of that in the summer. I know that uh, the podcast has some avid listeners in the Eliminators Car Club in Swift Current. Uh, do, do some name dropping. What kind of cars were you working on? Uh, I was working on a 1972 uh, C10, Chevy C10. And uh, my brother bought a uh, 1980 Corvette. So is, is that kind big, of a, a fair and family thing? Uh, is cars a big part of what, we, what you guys do? Uh, not really. I mean, my dad kind of grew up, uh, he, uh, grew up uh, on a farm, just building cars, building tractors. So, uh, we were just so bored sitting at home and he thought he'd kind of teach us a little bit of things. And that was kind of it. This is a new skill you picked up, uh, over the course of the past year was, was learning how to fix cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely easier working on the older cars than the newer ones. That's for sure need a guy like you around for normal times when buses break down but uh you know you're you're playing now you're in the hub uh what, what's it been like getting to meet your new teammates in uh in these bizarre circumstances yeah yeah it's definitely different i mean you, you can't really go up to any guy and go and shake their hand right now and go and introduce yourself but uh i mean uh we've done a pretty good job we've had uh, lots of different zoom calls kind of getting to know each other we had a players one too where we kind of all just talked talked about us kind of uh gave some insight on everybody and kind of got to know know each other so I got a chance to play with Wardo and I knew Willie from before and uh Augie but uh, other than that I didn't really know anyone other than playing against them and growing up so they all seem like pretty good guys so far does it make it easier having some guys that you know? I know the fact you haven't been able to all hang out together yet, but uh, just knowing some guys on the team before you get here makes it a little easier to kind of jump into a new team. Yeah, for sure. It, it always does when you kind of have a connection with somebody. And as you kind of move on to new players, right? Everybody, the hockey community is such a small world. Like everybody knows everyone. Last night, uh, we were just trying to stay busy, and a couple of the guys from the team hopped on uh, 
some video games and some other guys from other teams were all up and on and everybody kind of knew each other. Right. So it's a, it's cool. Like it's a huge family and everybody's kind of a part of it. You know, uh, fans are super excited about seeing WHL hockey again. And when they do, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be in a Bronco uniform. Tell us about your game. What, uh, what style do you play? Uh, I like to think of myself as, uh, as a skilled forward. Uh, I'm a pretty energetic guy. I like to have fun out there. So you might see me smiling or yelling lots. Uh, uh, I like uh, to play a little gritty and get under people's skin too. So those are kind of some of the things that I'm going to try and bring over into this team. And uh, I know being an older guy, you got to kind of step up to the plate and be a little bit more of a leader. So uh, kind of want to help the young guys out too and trying to find their way. Another person in the organization that you know very well is the head coach, Dean Brockman, because he was your coach in Saskatoon for your first two years in the Western League as well. So when he gave you a call to let you know that uh, he had picked you up off waivers, uh, just kind of a nice to have a little bit of a, a reunion there. Yeah, no. Uh, well, Dino brought me into this league, right? So it's we kind of got a special bond there, and we he uh, he uh, he's a pretty good coach. He like the way he coaches uh, kind of fits the way I play, I guess. And he uh, he's a players coach, right? He's always so nice to the guys, and he truly does care about uh, all the guys individually, not only on the ice but off the ice. So it's it's nice kind of playing for a guy like Dean. And you're also, uh, you're, and it's the same situation as last week's guest, Owen Williams, where you're playing for a city that you've never been in their dressing room. You've never had a billet family in Swift Current. You've, um, you've never played a home game for Swift Current yet. You're a Swift Current Bronco. You know, what, what's that whole experience like, you know, representing a city that you you really don't have a chance to get familiar with. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. That's for sure. I mean, nobody else has kind of gone through what we've gone through. Right. So uh, it's, you don't really get the chance to go and talk to diehard fans after the game, or you don't really get that opportunity to go and go to the schools and the community and help out. But uh, we know that they're all kind of with us. So that's always nice. And uh, being in a small town, like Swift current, like the fans out in Sask are always the best. Everybody says that. So it's nice. Yeah, of course, you never played a home game for the Broncos, but you have played games in Swift Current before when you remember the Blades, and that was when the Broncos were building towards their championship in 2018. So what do you remember about some of the games you played uh, in Swift Current as a member of the Saskatoon Blades? Uh, yeah, coming over there, you know, it was it's a hard rink to play in. Like, uh, it truly is. The fans out there are so involved. You can feel the ice shaking when, when they score. Everybody's involved. So it's uh, – it's cool. Like it's, uh, it's different, right? It's right. When you move to a different team, you, there's always uh, some changes, but uh, yeah, I love playing against or well, watch. I didn't really love playing against Swift, but I mean, <laughs> love to be a Bronco now. What are you, uh, you know, over the next two months, uh, what are you hoping to take from, from this experience? The, the 24 games in the bubble being a 20 year old and everything and, and winding down your, your Western league career. Uh. I kind of want to just leave an impact and maybe on some of the guys uh, off the ice and try and be a good guy. And it's, it's hard playing in this league. It, it truly is. And uh, it's a grind. And I know now it's, uh, it's going to be a short season. So it's going to be a sprint the whole way through and next season, it, hopefully everybody kind of gets to go back into their billets and uh, have a little bit of relax. But I mean, 
kind of a one in a lifetime opportunity right now. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, I might make a movie about this. You touched on being a bit of a leader earlier uh, in this interview, Michael. And uh, by my count, there's 12 rookies on the Broncos roster for this season. So uh, a lot of guys who are getting their first taste of full-time Western League action. Uh, what do you sort of say to those kind of guys who are, who are jumping in for the first time and a guy like you who's played over 200 games this league? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just once, once you kind of all become, start being a family, it's, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Then guys get comfortable and they start kind of coming to their full ex or, uh, their full potential. But I mean, uh, coming in, it's nervous. It's, it's hard. Like it's, it took me a while. It takes you like good 10 games to kind of get into it. So right now, I think we're all just trying to become a family as quick as we can right now. And, and then uh, make all the younger guys feel comfortable. I got the chance to play with Wardo for a little bit here. So, uh, yeah, no, he uh, he seems like he's a very good player. He's a very skilled little guy. So I think he's got some uh, high hopes here. You know, you've touched on leadership a couple times and being one of the older guys in the room, and you even mentioned wanting to leave a lasting impact. Uh, you know, do, do some name dropping. You're, you're a guy who's, uh, as Craig said, played a couple hundred games in the Western League. You know, who, who were guys that played that role for you that you've been on teams with over the course of your career? Uh, probably the biggest guy. Uh, I was coming into Saskatoon's camp as a 16-year-old, and I wasn't drafted, so I was, wasn't really anybody. And the first guy, right when I walked in, the 20-year-old walked up to me and came and shook my hand. His name was Brian Sayers. And he uh, he honestly helped me out a lot coming coming into the league. It, it's nice when you know you got a, a, like a younger guy and an older guy that can kind of be good buddies. And they can also, like, he's got your back, right? So you can kind of do a little bit more out there on the ice and build a little bit more confidence. Uh, I'd say Z, uh, Jesse Shinkarik and, um, Marcus and Bechtold. And, uh, I ended up, uh, having roommates with, uh, Bechtold and he was a great guy too. He kind of, he's, uh, he, uh, kind of helped me find my way, I guess. Right. It's, it's, uh, hard coming in and being young and leaving home for the first time. You don't really know what to expect. So. It's nice kind of being able to have somebody that will comfort you and be there for you. You mentioned being undrafted there, uh, Michael. There's four guys on the Broncos roster who were undrafted. Yourself, Eric Houck, Carter Stebbings, and Kate Augustine. So is that something that you kind of carry with you all the time and wanting to prove everybody wrong every single game type of thing? Or is it something you've kind of put behind you as you've uh, now you know carved out a five-year Western League career? Uh, no, I think uh... – I, I think it's still kind of got a little bit of a chip on uh, the guy's shoulder, just not really. Like, it, it was a tough time, right? Everybody watches a draft and has big hopes of trying to get drafted. But uh, when you slip through or don't get the opportunity, it's uh, maybe puts a little bit more fire in your belly to prove something. Speaking of uh, fire in your belly, seventeen hub. Uh, one of the other teams is a, a team that you used to play for. Uh, a little extra motivation when uh, when you guys are on the ice with Saskatoon? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I got a couple of uh, buddies on that team and pulling into the pulling into the uh, university here. The first boss I saw was Saskatoon. So um, I'm definitely kind of excited to go and play against them. And uh, I, I I don't want them to win. That's for sure. So it's it's going to be a fun game. 
I think Broncos fans will be happy to hear that. Uh, when it comes to expectations for the season, is it possible to even have any with just how how crazy everything is with this whole hub situation and then we don't really know what the playoff situation is? Uh, you know, do you have any sort of expectations on, on how you want this to go? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I know last year we, we uh, Broncos may have not had the best year that they were looking for. So this year we're trying to do a full 180 and get on the tracks and pave the way for the next couple of years. Uh, I know there's no real uh, like plan for us yet with playoffs or anything like that. So it's kind of like, this is it, right? It's uh, this is my kind of last go with kick at the can. So I'm going to, I want to try and win it, win every game, right? It's going to every game as it's your last and play as hard as you can. You know, the, the COVID pandemic, it's been tough on athletes. Uh, you know, you touched on it earlier about, you know, the, the feeling of uncertainty and everything as to where you may play this year. But how how good is it to just be back in a competitive situation? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, right when you kind of come into the dorms, it was kind of a surreal experience, right? Like you come sit down in here and it's like, okay, I'm here. I'm here to play now. Like uh, everything's good. We're we got to pass a couple of COVID tests and then we can step on the ice and play. So yeah, it was, it was, it's tough in the summer kind of not really knowing if it's a, if you're going to go or you're not going to go. So it's nice knowing that we're playing now. Still got 24 games to go in your Western league career, Michael, not trying to wrap up your career by any means, but uh, you know, when it comes to after the season's over, do you have any ideas of, of what's, what's next for you, whether it be school or trying your hand at uh, pro hockey somewhere? Uh. Yeah, no, I've uh, talked with my family a little bit. Uh, I, I'd i love to play hockey for the rest of my life, right? It's it's my passion. It's something that I love to do. Um, I uh, I could go, I could also go to school, too. I'd, lo- I'd love to do that, go and kind of get a degree in something. Uh, I think if I was going to go, I'd probably take a business class but uh, or a mechanics. But, um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to go and try and play professional hockey somewhere. I don't, I, I want to keep the dream alive. That's for sure. Nice. Uh, I got one more question here. We're, we're conducting this interview over zoom. It's, uh, it's going to be broadcast in an audio only podcast, but we can see you as we're talking a uh, good story behind the missing front jib there. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually it wasn't, I knocked it out my first time playing street hockey when I was uh, I played in this big play on tournament and the full tooth popped right out and my mom was on the side and she was uh, she was not too happy about that and then uh, I was uh, last year we actually we were in Regina and um, right before Christmas time right before I came home I had an implant one in and uh, I took a high stick and then it was wiggly and next morning I bit into an apple and she popped out or she broke actually had a root canal done and the uh bar on it broke so it was pushing into my nerves and stuff so i went and got it looked at and they uh they said i could either wear braces for a couple months or just pull it out and i said just pull it out (laughs) you're gonna try and get it uh replaced once again in the future you're gonna leave it like that for a while Uh, it's a i don't know it's a good conversation piece but uh (laughs) it's a good icebreaker looks bad yeah yeah well, right, right before I came here, I, I had my flipper and we just got a new dog and he hopped up onto the table and grabbed my flipper and ate it. So now, now I got no teeth for the rest of this. So. 
opposed yeah. to the dog eating the homework, it's the dog eating your tooth. That's a, that's a new level, I think. Yeah. Well, Michael, thanks a lot for joining us. Do, do you go by Mike? Michael? What, what, what do we call you? Mike, Michael, anything. I don't All right. Know. Well, in, in any event, uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time and joining us on Broncos this week. It was, uh, it was nice getting to know you, and we can't wait to see what you can do on the ice, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to Michael Farron and assistant coach Scott Dutart for joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Ryan Schweitzer back in Swift Current. Craig Boschman in the hub. COVID test coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not sure when the second one's coming around. Um, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday evening, and I think the results were supposed to come in uh, tonight or tomorrow, early in the day. So uh, I would imagine a second round of testing probably tomorrow at some point. And, uh, you know, if all things are good to go, then uh, guys should hopefully be uh, back on the ice for Friday or Saturday. And uh, I'm sure these guys are just going to be flying out there that first practice together. I don't think there's going to be much held back uh, that first session on the ice. So really looking forward to it. Well, fingers crossed for you on the test results, man. We're, we're pulling for you back here in Swift. Uh, coming up on next week's Broncos This Week podcast, we'll uh, go up and down the roster and talk about players that are returning as members of the Swift Current Broncos. Once again, a big thank you to Michael Farron and Scott Dutart, guests on this week's podcast. This is Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.